I actually love the invitation of recalibrating uh, because it opens up other, you know, other ways of really uh, defining where we are right now. You know, so we can either resist it or we can recalibrate the space of chaos that we are in. Our our uh, internal response when when we're thrown into chaos is to either ignore it, to either fight it, or to to just say, okay, you know, how can I get out of this as quick as possible? So I see it as a as a nice invitation to really properly, you know, uh, sink into chaos and at the same time, like I just said, recalibrate in ways that would suit your businesses. Welcome to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. This is a podcast for people who look at business differently. It's for founders, freelancers, change makers, and freedom seekers who want to make money, do good, and be happy. We choose the path of the happy entrepreneur not to get rich, but to express ourselves and serve others in the most authentic way we can. Many of us couldn't find our role by working for others, and so we chose to work for ourselves. We took the more uncertain path, not because we wanted to, but because we needed to. We value learning, play, and friendship, and we have a need to make a meaningful impact in the world. By following the path of the happy entrepreneur, we learn as much about ourselves as we do about business. On this podcast, I have conversations with other happy entrepreneurs from different walks of life, industries, and countries. We talk about the journey and about what we learned about ourselves along the way. For us, entrepreneurship isn't just a way to make money, but a journey of self-discovery and growth. If you're on the same path and are looking for inspiration and connection, then this podcast is for you. Hiya. This is the third in the series of weekly episodes of our live podcast with myself and Lawrence, reflecting on the past week and what's going on in these uncertain times. The core message of this episode is around how we navigate our internal world to better navigate the external one. This week, we're joined by Lana Yelenyev, a learning experience designer and community alchemist. We discuss the ideas of recalibrating in this time of chaos, and Lana shares her thoughts and ideas on chaos and the opportunities it offers. She talks to two aspects of chaos, the chaos we are experiencing ourselves and the chaos experienced by our clients. During the conversation, we offer thoughts and ideas on how to deal with the internal chaos and also how to help others who find themselves in chaos too. Enjoy. I think we should probably start this properly, yeah? Yes. Let's get it on. Welcome to episode three of the Happy Entrepreneur Live. Uh, The theme of this episode is recalibrating while in chaos. Uh, And uh, we have a chaos expert <laughs> Lana, the the chaos pilot, um, is going <laughs> to help us understand what it means to be in chaos. Uh, and then, yeah, Lawrence and I just, we're going to kind of reflect on what it means to be a business during this time, uh, and the kind of decisions that we're having to make, and also how where to make them from. Uh, and I think the first first topic i think we're going to talk about was this idea of recalibrating um and maybe you want to lead on that lawrence it's like what what does that mean to you um well i think we're all going through this period of trying to adjust this new normal and 
it's for me particularly trying to find some balance when all around you is evolving so for me it's trying to find that equilibrium again really like what what does a new routine look like what does um a new pace look like for work and living particularly some of us have got kids at home or partners at home that we're not used to being around so there's a lot of change and so i'm trying to find that new balance and i know from having conversations with a lot of people in our community um it's trying to take control of things you know and control the things you can do when maybe all around you isn't as uh in balance as we'd like it to be that's my perspective Lana, any thoughts about the recalibrating? Yeah, I, I actually love the invitation of recalibrating uh, because it opens up other, you know, other ways of really uh, defining where we are right now. You know, so we can either resist it or we can, like I said, recalibrate. You know, this uh, space of chaos that we are in. Uh, I'm just looking at, you know, like our our uh, internal. Uh, what's this response when when we're thrown into chaos is to either ignore it to either fight it you know or to to just say okay you know how can i get out of this as quick as possible you know so so still not putting you know giving enough space to understand what this chaos is about you know what is it teaching us what are we learning from it what are we getting from it so i see it as a as a nice invitation to really properly you know uh, sink into chaos and at the same time, like I just said, recalibrate in ways that would suit your businesses. You know, are there, is this, you know, is this a period of pausing? Is this a period of pivoting? You know, those are all a lot, you know, questions that we can take in during this period. Cool. Thanks, Lana. Uh, a, a real, a live example for me of non recalibration. <laughs> I was talking to someone this morning. Um, and they're doing they're delivering uh, a program to a company uh, an, an organization at the moment and they you know as part of their project plan is a uh, launch date of the end of may mm. uh, and uh, over the past couple of weeks well, for this period they've planned all these in-person workshops and uh, really interactive stuff and now they can't do any of that and they've having to scramble around and work out how to do it online and how to use use news tools and how to create the same experience using Zoom and other other elements and all the collaboration stuff that they need to do. Um, and there's no sense of shall we pause or extend the deadline. <laughs> the organization says no, got to do it. Really excited. You know, we'll all be out of lockdown at the end at the beginning of June anyway. So let's get this done now so that we can get the work. You can uh, go running in June. It's like, and this poor person is stressed, anxious, working like all hours of the day, trying to get the staff working well, and even just the idea of pausing. Mm. And thinking, actually, should we recalibrate the deadlines? <laughs> it, um, it's not well. It's entering into her mind, but it's the 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 issue of broaching it with management. Um, seems to be a challenge mm. that makes me think a lot of uh, i think alex kierhoff talked about this a few years ago in summer camp about conformity and how often when we're in an environment where people aren't encouraged to question things that we just conform and we, we're scared to maybe ask those questions about actually is it possible to move the deadline to june or maybe even further or later yeah. in the year? 
Um, it also makes me think of, I'll never forget this. Everyone seems to remember where they were when 9-11 happened. And I remember being, I was freelancing at the time in London in this design agency. And they had a big boardroom with like the big widescreen TV and they were showing the second plane hit the tower. And actually almost everyone was standing there just in disbelief of what was happening. But there was a good maybe 10, 20 people who were just like heads down, doing their work, doing their spreadsheets, literally did not look up and just for that day just was so into their work that they just couldn't couldn't get out of that bubble of of doing what they were told to do that day. And that's, I've seen that lately a lot with people, not a lot, but a good few people who are trying to carry on business as usual despite all of this around them changing so quickly because maybe it's scary to, like you said, pause and reflect and recalibrate. So I wonder if there's a bit of fear there when people think about yeah moving things that were certain and now adding that uncertainty to it yeah i can, I can imagine for these people that you know um giving space to to what's going on with them is scary mm -hmm. because it opens up a lot of okay so what do i do now you know what what is expected and um working within the you know old status quo is easier because then they know oh this is just what i can do you know if, if i can as much as possible continue doing what i've been doing before then that's the ter territory that i know is um so one way i've i look at the, the what's going on here is uh, coronavirus is a mirror and basically it's an invitation to look in this mirror and to see what you see. Uh, and I could identify three possible ways of tackling this. And I think we've covered this. Head in the sand, headless chicken, <laughs> or head in the present. And I think, you know, head in the sand for me is very much around denial. Uh, and just, I, I can't deal with this. So I'm just going to keep on doing what I'm doing. That was Donald Trump about three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's headless chicken. I'm going to try and do everything to help Donald Trump, Donald Trump now. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we'll evolve to, he'll evolve to head, head in the present, which I think, we, Lana, what we're talking about here is like sensing what is not only going on around me, but also going on within me so that I, I act or respond, I should say, from a place of, of consciousness rather than, oh, I just need yeah. to myself or do something and i can also imagine that for a lot of people uh we are so programmed to this mindset of oh we need to just persevere you know no matter what life throws in your way you need to persevere so our natural tendency to things is i just need to persevere and pausing and pivoting can be something that they're like oh i don't really i don't really know that I think, like you said, it's scary, isn't it, to open yourself up to uncertainty. I think we talked about this last week a little, that entrepreneurs tend to be more comfortable with that. Um, not saying it's easy at the moment. Everyone's trying to navigate this, how this affects their businesses, but we're having to react to new information all the time. And we can have everything worked out, and often when we think everything's worked out, something comes to surprise us. So we have to be more agile and maybe a little more resilient about change even though this is obviously a huge, huge change that's impacting everyone. Um, one thing I'm conscious of is maybe some people on the call don't know who Lana is or even who we are. <laughs> <laughs> we just jumped in. <laughs> yeah. 
Exactly. Uh, who are we true. to talk about this stuff? <laughs> well, who are we? Who are we to start spouting out aphorisms and judgments? Uh, <laughs> Depends what day of the week you ask. <laughs> um, what, well, okay, what, should we kick off? Lawrence, why don't you introduce, for those of those people who've stumbled across this, this crowdcast um, broadcast, uh, talk about the Happy Startup School and what we were about then. Is that you throwing it back to me? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Um, I mean, the reason I say that is, like you said, this is a crowdcast. First time we've done this for, well, since we first tried it and it didn't end well about three years ago. So um, people might stumble upon this once it's live. So The Happy Entrepreneur is, I think, your baby at the moment, or it has been, which is a podcast that you've been doing for about a year now. Is that right? Yes, a year now. Yeah. And I believe you did 50 in the first year. So you hit your goal, which is amazing. <laughs> and it's pivoted from the Happy, <coughs> Happy Startup Community podcast to Happy Entrepreneur, which I feel is the direction we've been heading since well, probably about three or four years ago now, which is really focused on the person behind the business, not necessarily um, the business itself or even the stage of business. And so we love hosting conversations. And I think there's no one better than Lana, who we've been working a lot with on our 2020 vision program lately. And some of the people in the chat, um, Andre, Joel, maybe others are a part of that cohort. And you've also been helping out loads with loads of webinars and and online workshops for our community so we've got a lot of value from working with you and i know loads of other people have as well yeah and so with for me the the pivot to the happy entrepreneur in terms of just owning that name made most sense for me because of this idea of reframing and i think we're going to be talking about reframing in a bit uh, and it's i think what we're on is a mission of reframing the idea of business and a lot of people for they see business as purely a money-making exercise. How can I maximize profit? Or how can I just create enough money to survive? And, and that's kind of that scarcity, fear mindset, I believe. The reframing that I think we're trying to do is how can I think of business not only as a, as a way of making money, but also as a way of learning about myself. And a lot of people try to start thinking, oh, you know, if I'm going to start an idea, what's the idea or what's the mission, what's the purpose? <laughs> Particularly people who come to us, you know, well, I want to be more purpose-driven but what does it mean and what is my purpose? And what we found, actually, you discover it by, by doing stuff. And so if you think about helping people is a way of discovering who you are, and then when you discover who you are, you can help people better. So rather than it start at one point and do it and then you find your purpose and then and make it happen or make it happen then discover your purpose, it's like this to and fro, this back and forth. And this is what I've, I've found, even like just doing the podcast, talking to people like Lana and other people just doing this journey to understand how can I help, how can I be of service, and then through that learning more about themselves, you get to this point of actually – I'm just being me, and I'm I'm and I'm I'm making an impact, <laughs> and that's why we'd we'd love for more entrepreneurs to think of business in terms of that way, and this hopefully leads into Lana because Lana is just her, and she just creates so much impact. So why don't you <laughs> what it is? Who are you, Lana? Who am I? Oh, it's it's difficult depending on like what the Lauren said, depending on the hats you know that that I fill in. Um, it, overall, you know, I would say what I do is really focusing more on contribution. Uh, the red thread that I 
see Michael say and yeah, the work that I do for Dream Do as a learning experience designer and as a community alchemist is really focusing on connection and contribution. So this is also why I love working with the two of you because the message of contribution and, and connection is very clear. Um, in, in the different projects that I'm involved in, I often see that there's a, a big desire to, to shift or to change, you know, what, what is going on, either, you know, be it with work, with, uh, with a certain, a specific uh, uh, foundation. It, it differs in the strategies, yet the needs are very much the same, and that is to, yeah, to contribute to a, a better society. And I love what you're doing with, you know, the happy startup school we're in. The, the the main goal is really of okay starting from you know starting from the self and then how can that self uh flow out you know not just to the work that they're doing but also to their communities and also to the services and the products that they're creating i think there's quite a lot of uh, misconceptions that we have when it comes to doing work that needs reframing and that needs a different mindset and this is why I love having these conversations because if we can offer, you know, a, a different way for people to just, hey, you know, do we have pivoting and, you know, pausing as part of our language? That, that, that's already a, a big thing just to, yeah, just to question that, you know, just to be able to have those questions and um, I would even use the word percolate, you know, let it simmer, mm. let it, you know, brew and, and at the same time, you know, just, just let it sink in. So yeah, so I'm glad to have these conversations with you, especially with regards to chaos, you know, the, yeah. the global space that we are all in. We've got four more Ps, Lawrence, now. Pivot, persevere, pause, and percolate. <laughs> that hurts my head. Um, but now going back to what you said, Lana, you know, we've had people call some of our events a decelerator. You know, you think of startup um, innovation. There's a lot of talk about acceleration and moving fast and breaking things. And that language is all about speed, you know, which which can have its place, I think, in putting ideas out there. But I think you allude to the fact that sometimes slowing down is actually, you know, the most productive or creative thing you can do if you want ideas to settle. And the creative process isn't isn't a straight line anyway that's what i've seen i think what you're alluding to is sometimes these ideas happen when you least expect them i totally agree with that uh, just a quick shout out to the people who joined us at the moment um we have emma sarah andre marina annette joel chris and sally thank you very much um if you have any questions, there's an actual uh, a facility to ask a question on Crowdcast. So please go ahead and ask if any thoughts come up for you while we're talking and you have a question specifically for Lana, maybe, then she's gonna we're gonna pick her brains about the chaos in a minute. Um, please post that in the questions and then or if you just have a comment, just say hi if you haven't said so already, just put something in the comments, it'd be really nice to hear from you. Um, we were talking, you're talking about the pausing and the percolating. Um, or this basically processing what's going on. The moment I think we talked about also the fear of of, of sitting with that. Maybe we you can speak to your work about chaos and, and navigating chaos uh, with hopefully the intention to help anyone who who's who's not knowing what to do and how to how to readjust. Yeah. 
it's it's uh one of the topics that that really drew me is the this space of chaos and that's based from uh, my work with the satire change model which in essence is a it's a framework to see where our journeys are in life and chaos I, for my you know for for my own sense is actually a, a very uh, interesting time because it's a place of creativity you know it's really I don't know if you've seen news of how people are doing things, you know, creating new stuff. I mean, I'm 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 originally from the Philippines, and whenever I look at the news from the Philippines, it's like, oh, this you know, uh, this university created test kits, you know, this. Uh, so it's really a, a fertile period of creativity because people are looking for solutions. You know, we want to get out of the funk, and we want to get out of it as immediately as possible. Um, so chaos is actually a, a place to really, yeah, thrive because this is where ingenuity can come in. This is where innovation can come in. And, uh, this is where, uh, solutions that we often don't, you know, that we don't often don't see, like what the Lawrence was saying uh, a while ago when, when we pause, sometimes we just also get to, to that idea of, oh, maybe this is what I can do. And, uh, it, it's mainly because we haven't paused long enough, you know, to to get into that state. And right now we're interested into this, you know, pandemic, global pandemic of of chaos. And now the the question is, yeah, how are we embracing it? You know, how are we making it as a part of our life journey? You know, our business journey, and in in such a way, ensure that we can get out of chaos with as much learnings, as much growth. As we possibly can, um, and that's why I also advocate more for um, instead of PTSD, you know, that there is such a term as post-traumatic growth. Uh, this can be traumatic for a lot of us, but if we can harvest as many learnings as possible, then we can get out of this, you know, with post-traumatic growth rather than post-traumatic stress. Hmm. Nice. I'd love to know, Lala, what your thoughts are on. You know, it feels like lots of people, like Carla said before, trying to fill the space with, yeah. you know, naturally, I think if there's a void of work or void of income or, or we've suddenly got a lot of time on our hands, to not fill the schedule with anything. Um, when you're talking about pausing and reflecting, are you saying just try and clear the decks fully or is there a, a can you keep things moving while still being able to be in this yeah. phase? That's a, that's a very good question. I think it boils down also in terms of needs. You know, what is needed right now um, for, for those people who, say, for example, have the financial ability to really pause, take this privilege, you know, take this time, take, take this opportunity. Um, of course, when you have other obligations, like what you said, Lawrence, you know, if, what, if, what if you're uh, problematic about the finances? You know, so there are things that needs to be attended to as well. So I would say, you know, look into your own situation of um, what's, you know, what's your uh, availability for that? You know, where, where are, where is it possible for you to add in those pockets of pausing or stillness? So like, say for myself, I often do already, you know, my morning journal and uh, just really uh, enjoying the stillness around six o'clock in the morning. 
And right now I'm even enjoying it some more because all of a sudden there's, you know, there's three other humans inside the home and, <laughs> and there's just not enough space of stillness because there's constant, you know, talking, constant engaging with people. So finding, you know, finding what works um, is definitely important. And that's also why I love the rituals practice you know how can we make rituals mm -hmm. for specific routines or having a rhythm during this period of chaos it might be chaotic but it's something that we can internally you know set for ourselves so it sounds like having finding pockets mm -hmm. of calm amidst the storm almost particularly if you've got kids at home and trying to find these little moments of quiet to yeah create a little space between you know whatever it is you're trying to do rather than because I, I find i'm context switching the whole time now it's like oh one minute helping kids with something and next thing you're trying to do work and next thing trying to help family whatever there's there's so many we're getting input from so many places at the moment it feels like mm -hmm. to create a bit of calm for yourself and it sounds like you're doing that nice and early and it doesn't have to be too long you know it doesn't have to to be like oh an hour for yourself as long as you, you set the intention of reconnecting with yourself i don't know um like is it a, a regular practice for for you to to really check in you know hey carlos how are you doing today hey Lawrence, how are you doing today and really having that as a space of asking yourself rather than waiting for somebody else to ask you this is this is something that i've taken in from from the, the past few years that oh you know i can do this check-in process for myself that helps me recalibrate and re that helps me really sink in of oh am i running around like headless chicken right now mm. or am i yeah am i uh, totally open to just adding some more periods of rest or some more periods of doing some creative stuff so this is this is i think is something that um as entrepreneurs, this is also something that we need to uh, cultivate within us, you know, that having that uh, check-in moments for ourselves. So I think <clears throat> maybe one thing to help anyone who's listening to this, because some people feel they have to do things. There's need to, to go out and, and make things happen, or they can't sit still, like you were saying. There's, for some reason, they don't feel they can sit still. Is there something from your work and understanding of NVC that can help inform people when they're doing that check-in as to the motivations behind their reactions? Hmm. And this is this is interesting. Uh, I, I already see Andre has adopted my uh, alarm clock uh, example uh, because this is also what how I started this check-in process. I put an alarm every 9 12 and 6 o'clock there's just a simple alarm clock uh, that goes on and then there's just a question how are you and just taking a moment to pause um what you were asking you know uh, carlos it, this is again um going back to that practice of knowing oneself you know knowing oneself deeply enough to understand what what are our feelings you know and what are the needs behind those feelings um and sometimes Again, this is either parenting, either culture, um, there's quite a lot of factors involved, but sometimes we have more like a superficial understanding of how we're feeling at the moment. And because it's on the superficial level, we can't access what we fully need. And because we cannot fully access that, you know, we cannot also request what it is that we need. 
Um, so having that pause, you know, setting that, that pause time is very beneficial because then you get to also really ask yourself, oh, why am I triggered? What is it that, you know, what is it about this situation that is triggering me? If you're feeling anxious about something, you know, why am I anxious? Where, where do I feel that anxiety in my body? Um, and, and then some, somehow it's like talking to it, you know, and really having that conversation with yourself of, okay, I'm feeling anxiety here by my tummy, you know, what is this anxiety? How, how can I connect this with something that I've experienced before? And, and from there to explore, ah, okay, so this is what I need right now. You know, I need some stillness or I need some rest. Yeah. Mm. So there's there's different ways to explore this. I think it's really a matter of how how deeply can you connect with yourself. And uh, yeah, starting <clears throat> it off. Uh, and that's for me. Uh, I'm totally sold on the idea of nonviolent communication and how you how you can use that to to act more powerfully in the world. And what the connection I have with what you're saying is this idea of every action that we take is in order to meet a need. Yeah. And so whether we start trying to control our surroundings, whether we start making things, whether we stop, whatever it is, if you can identify what that need is and where that's coming from, then that's gonna help you decide, is this the right response? And for me, a really good example is I, I really do have a need for control. And there's something, and there's my own story around that, and there's all, all the and so when I start imposing on other people, then I have to check what is that from? Where's that coming from? And yeah. then if I understand where it's coming from, then I can be a bit maybe more compassionate and accepting of myself that then changes how I respond. So rather than saying, okay, I need to control everything around me to stop this horrible feeling, maybe I've got to say, actually, it's that need again that's coming up. Maybe it isn't something that's to do with the stuff around me and it's really yeah. to do with something in myself. And if I can accept that, then maybe I can then do a better thing rather than a reactive thing. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I'm reminded of this workshop that I did with Gary Reese about sitting in the fire, you know, wherein we have this, uh, five minute uh, exercise where you really escalated the topic, you know, just really, um, yeah, it, it's like, uh, what's this, like, like burning wood, you know, you just added some more just to keep the flame going and then cooling it, you know, quickly. And, and in that, you know, in, in that exercise, I, I was reminded of, we're so uncomfortable to sit in the fire, even of our own emotions that just the mere thought of, oh, I'm gonna explore my anger, my anxiety, my fears. It's just like, it's, it's not part of our vocabulary. It's not part of our practice. And given a space of chaos, it's surfacing a lot of emotions right now. And if there's anything that's important during this time, it's to acknowledge, you know, what we're feeling. And as a parent, if you're feeling frustrated about this situation, articulate that. You know, articulate it to your kids, articulate it to, uh, to uh, what's this, to the people around you so that you can know what's your inner state mm. and be able to also, yeah, address that, you know, and, and help you cope with things. Um, it's the same, you know, it's the same way if, say, for example, you're feeling, yeah, fearful about this. Just 
share where are those fears coming from you know are they deeply rooted to your own childhood are they deeply rooted to uh to, to your uh fear about yeah not 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 being good enough you know not mm-hmm. being able to do things so so there's quite a lot of things that would surface during this space of chaos and um my yeah my suggestion is really to acknowledge what are these emotions that are surfacing and how can we give space for this mm. it makes me yeah. think of um the, our friend johnny miller very sadly lost his partner a couple of years ago and he gave a ted talk uh, i think quite recently about the gifts of grief and how when he lent into the grief he was experiencing that it's given him and maybe like you alluded to the idea of post-traumatic growth you know it feels painful and scary and sitting in the fires even the, that expression sounds sounds painful <laughs> but it feels like there's there's a light at the end of the tunnel is like what does that give you in terms of yeah often happiness and and sadness can be very close together you know rather than polar mm-hmm. opposites they can actually be closely al- uh, aligned so it feels like it's sitting with that feeling is the hardest thing to do right? Yeah, and I love the the word that uh, Carlos already put out: compassion. You know, compassion to yourself. Uh, I think this is also the chaos is also a place where we can invite more compassion for ourselves and for others, because we're all navigating in, in this you know scary, uncertain, complex experience. So we're dealing with it in different ways. You know, my way of dealing it would be different from how you're doing it. Um, and having more compassion for ourselves and for others enables us to see it in that lens of, oh, this person might, you know, might be dealing with it in this way. Then how can I connect with, you know, with him, with her, mm. given the situation? Mm. Um, and, and this is this is that, you know, of how can we invite, you know, this embracing of chaos and recalibrating um, lives, you know, our, our businesses, our connections um and and i think one of the things that helps me a lot during this period is adding more contribution as a practice you know so having contribution as as a lens also to yeah to to be firm in our purpose uh in one of our um, elder calls i have a a group of council calls that i i attend to and one of my elders you know she she was uh she shared about you know fall in love with your vision and your purpose this is the time that we can do that you know how can we fall in love with that vision and purpose that we have for ourselves mm. so we're given a very you know uh, very fertile time to to explore that i love that it's interesting the whole um falling in love with the vision and purpose because we had a com- had a conversation um recently around that and sometimes there's a disconnect or even the question like what is my purpose what is my vision and and that really can be a challenge for, for a lot of people uh, and and it's one of those things they no one thinks about it until it's really important and it's really a problem so for instance now a lot of people are trying to scrabble around what to do next and they're reacting to either losing a job or projects not being happening or or everyone needs to get online so what's the opportunity for me to just try something i've never tried tried before and and sell something that i've never sold before and that's not linked or grounded to any vision or purpose that you have because it wasn't there in the first place 
And so this mm. is where I see your discussion around needs, understanding what is it you need can inform how you can contribute best. Exactly. And how you do that in community and through contribution. Exactly. You know, it's it's really if you think about it, right, it's how how well we know ourselves. And I actually use the term selffulness. Uh, again, we, we grew up in that paradigm of, oh, if you think too much about others, you're selfless. If you think about too much about yourself, you're selfish. <laughs> um, for me, I found the middle ground as my selffulness. You know, how, I, how much I know about myself and my needs and how I can attend to my needs and attend to the needs of others and contribute to people. That, that is my selffulness. And this, this I think, is uh, that place where we're all invited into, you know, what would reach us at this point? You know, what would nourish us? What would get us um, reconnected to ourselves? And how are we allowing, you know, this space of chaos to be that period where we can explore this? Yeah, um, and like what the, what you said, you know, there's quite a lot of people who would think of, oh, I just need to do something. Hmm. Uh, maybe we can also invite in how can we be in hmm. this period rather than just do. Hmm. I'd like to take it up a level in terms of like this is very much, uh, I think, exploring something quite deep within uh, each entrepreneur or founder or person which can be a bit uncomfortable and maybe it's like, well, how does that help me? Mm -hmm. I think we've touched on it on a bit in terms of the clarity. Maybe there's something, you know, maybe to help it connect a bit more, yeah. maybe we can touch on how does it help practically even in a business or as a person who works, you know, yeah. what, because we do, we do touch on it on our programs a bit. So maybe to help that can help connect it to something practical. What, what yeah. would you offer? I would say, you know, let's look at it in terms of who we're serving. And who we're serving right now are also going through this period of chaos. Uh, so in the same way that you have your, you know, your own needs of uh, getting out of chaos, they're, they're also trusted in the same space. So this is that first, you know, of, okay, if, if these people that I'm serving are in a space of chaos, what is it that they need? Yeah, so having a, a very uh, deep understanding of needs is important not just for yourself, but also in really being uh, connected, you know, having empathy for the people that you're serving. So this is like, a, you know, like peeling the onion. Yeah. You have layers after layers. So when you've uncovered one need, there will be another need behind it and then another need. So how deep do you know, you know, the people that you're serving? So this is, you know, this is a time to recalibrate that of, oh, wait a minute. This is the journey that I've set up for my business, you know. But, hey, this is a global pandemic. Nobody predicted this <laughs> to happen. So everybody's interested in this period of chaos. Now you have to recalibrate that of, oh, this is the journey that, you know, these people are in. How can I connect with that? Hmm. You know, what is it that I know that you're going through? So the word that comes up for me here is empathy and knowing, you know, who you want to serve better. And we had a question around this within the program, uh, which Lawrence tried to answer about, you know, how I think someone was asking about, you know, what's my next step and how do I validate these assumptions of what I need to do 
um, and make sure that they're the right thing. And you had some answers around that, Lawrence, in terms of how to go about learning more. Well, I think it probably goes back down to, yeah, I mean, yes, I did. There were some practical tips, but ultimately it comes down to that empathy piece and a curiosity, I think, because if if you carry on, and I don't, I'm sure you've all had this, like I've got LinkedIn approaches from people that are just ignoring the fact that the global pandemic is going on. It just seems so inappropriate um, to have a cold, you know, um, email out of the blue without taking you know any context into place so I think we've all experienced this feeling of like you've not really sensed what's going on for me or for anyone in this world at the moment so I think it's about that thing of sensing and responding based on what's going on for your customers or for your colleagues or team or anyone in your world your community um, and then maybe that comes back to yourself and it's like what do I need and how can I respond to this better um, but yeah, all of it for me comes back down to who do you want to spend time serving, particularly at this time, because that's where the energy is. If you've got energy to to help people and there's people you genuinely have empathy for, then I think you'll do the hard bit, which can be in the case of our program, you know, putting ideas out there, maybe testing out um, some products. But ultimately, if the audience, audience doesn't connect with your message and what you're trying to say to them in the right tone, then they're not going to listen really and if anything you might end up doing more damage than good you know yes. as i've experienced which is you're you're just not listening and if you're not listening yeah. that really annoys people and that comes from i feel a place of fear of i'm trying to sell something because i need this um money's running out um i'm anxious and i want to sell something and you're another person to sell to which i feel you know this period it's not necessarily a, a time to make money it's a time to just be of service and I think through that period, you'll probably get more, um, I don't know, if you think from a brand point of view, just more awareness and, and trust from people. If that's yeah. a goal from a business point of view, then maybe that's a way to tackle it. Yeah. Lawrence, you've already you know, alluded to that, the awareness piece. Um, in, in my work for Dreams, we do a lot of uh, the clients that, we're talking, you know, that I'm talking to right now, I'm, I'm giving them the caution of if you have programs that you know that goes for <clears throat> three six months you know those lengthy uh integration and practice type of programs stop mm -hmm. don't don't do that for now you know because that's not what we, people need mm -hmm. um and if we go by you know if we go by uh this space of chaos you know what people are looking for are are very tangible solutions to what what they are experiencing right now so if you say oh you know i have a six months program and we're going to take you from this to this it's not going to work you know it's just going to uh, fly past their radar because they can't connect to it they cannot even see a month ahead from what is going on right now i mean i, I personally have that. i don't know you know if you, if you have you know but yeah just just having that oh what 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 is in front of me after a month i wouldn't know and and this is why empathy and really understanding where you know or who you're serving uh, are coming from helps you to also define what services, what products, you know, what what um, yeah, what, what what programs are most ap applicable to provide right now that can be of service, that can contribute to their lives, and that can help them, you know, uh, ease their way into the chaos. Mm. And again, it's not for you know giving you know giving them rapid solutions or uh, 
perpetuating that um, this mindset of oh we have to get out of chaos quickly no but it's helping them to uh to navigate through this space of chaos you know so the same way that we have to recalibrate our business are you know the, the people that we're serving also need to recalibrate their lives mm. so how can we do that and how can we serve them better with mm. say the tools that we have the the strategies that we know and um just offering those you know offering those as anchors you know offering those as as possibilities for them to adapt so that when they get out of this chaos you know these are practices and uh, uh strategies that they can go on using you know in building in the new status quo you know in the new normal mm. i like that I, i've got visions of someone sort of clinging onto a ladder trying to get out of this chaotic you know scene and you're trying to give them little steps to to navigate that um or possibly even i think you alluded to just creating space i think like we've been trying to do just creating space for conversation or to to keep that dialogue going rather than here's a solution to give you the 10 steps to uh, getting out <laughs> i think you hit the nail on the head for me Lawrence. it's conversation yeah and and deep conversation and rather than going in to try and sell something how can you make this an opportunity to have a conversation with people and i feel mm -hmm. there's two elements of value you can get from that one a sense of connection if you can talk you know, be with someone and they can feel heard and they can just express what they're going through and you can hold that space that's already delivering immediate value to them and if you can then reflect what's going on with them and they feel like oh this person understands me then you're creating a connection between the both of you yeah. and if you also have that conversation you can then also validate any assumptions you had about what this person needed during that process you can then start thinking about what is it how can i contribute in the most impactful and valuable way rather mm. than, oh i've got this do you like it would you like to buy it <laughs> is there something you can use right now you know you're going to get your business online why don't you try and use this package i can teach you how to do it <laughs> rather than okay so where are you at the moment how are you trying to navigate the situation 50 percent, yeah. 50 percent off if you enter corona at the checkout <laughs> or put the coronavirus code <laughs> i know it's, it's it's crazy it's crazy uh, the, the sorry quickly i was just saying the reason i think we were both laughing when you were talking before is you know you're talking about this idea of selling a six-month program and you know we, we are kind of midway through that with with you on the 2020 vision program so hence we were chuckling to ourselves um, but the interesting thing is you know everyone's midway and it, and it has turned into a point where everyone needs needs these guide rails to kind of work yeah. through, to navigate this period and everyone's trying to hold on together to to get through it and we're giving them little steps to move move forward with it through and like you said it is making things as, as bite-sized it feels like as possible rather than here's a big thing go off and go off and do it yeah and then this is also why you know when when we had this uh call about what do we do next yeah and we both we all agreed on i think it's a time to just pause mm. you know pause the program pause what what we're doing and just talk to you know talk and give space that i've i've gotten feedback from like my my body group you know that they appreciated it a lot having just that space of um yeah sharing being heard you know being acknowledged being seen and, and surfacing whatever emotions are coming Mm -hmm. And that for me was more powerful. If you think about it, that's more powerful 
experience than any product or service that you can provide you know just that experience of fully being seen and fully being acknowledged as a person as, as with all your needs with all your fears um and this is something that you shouldn't you know shy away from again mm -hmm. business was like oh you have to be formal you have to be this you have to be that you know when a lot of you know a lot of times what becomes transformational is when we allow vulnerability to happen mm -hmm. and how are we inviting that in our process you know how can we allow people to be vulnerable and to share things um uh, another uh what's this in another project that i'm part of they even did like a uh this is a dragon dreaming circle you know so a collective dreaming just imagine how mm. powerful that is you know just to collectively dream what would society be like after this mm. and, and to act and to share um as if that has already happened and for me these are you know these are tools that we can share with people um in another community that i'm part of we started doing healing circles every mm. monday evening and uh, anybody who'd want to join, there will be somebody who will facilitate a meditation. Um, so these are opportunities for people to reconnect with themselves. And at the same time, you know, uh, yeah, have them that space to fall in love again with their purpose, you know, fall in love again with their vision. And if they don't have a clear vision yet, you know, to, to be able to give space to explore that. Mm. Yeah, and it feels like, I think we, we talked about this in the program, when you're wanting to create something new, if you're in a position of what you're feeling anxiety or fear, or you've actually got very real um, things to sort out with your business or home life to get straight, then you're not going to create anything of any value. And, and it's certainly not going to come from the right, the right intention. So I think like you said, just having a pause makes perfect sense, particularly at the moment, if you can do. Hmm. Pause. There's this, um, it is, I think this is this tension between pausing and productivity, I think is what's coming up here and, and reframing pausing as the most productive thing you can do. Yeah. So yeah. business and people who feel like there's a lot of need to create and make, um, thinking, okay, actually, if I, if I just stopped and checked in, how how much more value could I create for myself as well as other people? Mm. I've got a quick question on that. Um, and I think there's one thing that's particular life for a lot of people is how, I think, uh, Lana, you talked about, you know, you you might have money worries at the moment. But this way, the ideal would be you've got a six-month window of opportunity where you don't have to worry about money and you can sit in this great space and pause and take time out and having the perfect life with your family, growing vegetables, everyone's, everyone's loving life. Um, there's no arguments. This is this is the dreaming, dream, was it dragon dreaming circle? <laughs> um, but let's assume that for most people that isn't possible. Yes. How can we... Um, I think like create maybe opportunity when there is money worries and I'm not I'm sure for a lot of people over the next few months there will, those money worries will be there maybe more so some some than others but whether to just focus on do I just get money in and do the quickest thing to bring money in now um, or lean into what I feel is where I'm really most valuable which is my vision and purpose which may or may not be that lucrative yeah. but, um, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that yeah, I, I would even add the word value. 
you know, where can you, when, where can you uh, give the most value? And um, in, in our body group, uh, Farah framed it very, very uh, well in terms of um, when you think of being, you know, asking people for uh, payment for your services right now, it's not about, you know, it's not about greed or it's not about, um, yeah, you know, scarcity. When you're authentically coming in from a place of, oh, this is what can give value, you know, that exchange is actually uh, beneficial. And at the same time, you, you can also share that whatever money that comes in because of this value is helping you uh, bring out the best of possible you. Mm. And, and this is something that we can use as a reframing, you know, of thinking, oh, I shouldn't be selling at this time or I shouldn't be offering this. You know, how about thinking of it as what is the value that you can create right now for these people? You know, and how is that value applicable in their lives and in their situation right now? And also, what is this value that they're willing to, you know, to, to pay for? And if you say, okay, somehow it's just still, still, you know, um, feel icky and in the um, ill time, you know, to be asking for for a, a rate, you know, there are other ways that you can do it, you know, can you offer a sliding scale, for example, you know, is this something that you can, you, you can share to people of, hey, if you cannot afford this, these are my payment terms, you know, so there's different ways, there's different strategies that we can ex explore, and I think it's just not being stuck with oh, it's just an exchange of money, and then mm. that's it. So it's also an exchange of value. It sounds like being creative with uh, the way you get, um, I suppose, a reward for the work you do. Um, in my, mm -hmm. We had an Ideas Cafe session yesterday, and there was a discussion around skill swap, you know, people using this time to actually get things done, maybe build their website or, you know, record those videos and, and using other freelancers or founders to swap skills with each other and get the things done yeah. otherwise would have cost them money so being rewarded in different ways for, for the work they do yeah again it's the new economy right bartering mm. it's that's yeah. that's the new economy as well i think for me the thing that comes up is is really understanding your position and there are some people who you know they are if they don't get money in they won't put food on the table and, and there is a dire need. But there's a lot of us, a lot of us, if we rethink it, maybe we'll have less money in the bank. Maybe we won't pay as much of our mortgage off. Maybe we're going to have to sell a couple of things. But it isn't life-threatening. And that you can reframe that you can put a pause on things. And, and, it's, and it comes down, I would assume, to the money stories that you mm. have and why value, <clears throat> what dictates value for you. And if you start measuring it in terms of the size of your bank balance, then you will be scared to see it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Again, it's, it's connecting to our needs, right? If you think of, oh, you know, I have a need to, to say, um, have this much amount in, in, in the bank because uh, I fear that I wouldn't be able to survive or my family wouldn't be able to survive. You can dig deeper into that. And where is this fear coming from? You know, what exactly is it that it's driving? You know, what need is driving that? 
and, and sometimes, you know, these are actually stories that we've had, you know, money stories, uh, scarcity mm. stories, experiences that we've had as a child. Um, and, and not until we, you know, we get to have a clearer picture, we'll just continue the same, you know, same patterns. Mm. It's back no. to that self-knowledge bit. <laughs> right, makes, me, makes me think maybe next week could be the money the money edition uh episode money edition yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How, to, how to be happy with no money and how to make loads of it <laughs> we can charge for that one <laughs> uh, but no it makes me think of um we uh i think it was tom nixon's workshop was it we got us to write our money money life story um particularly like the first part of our life our childhood like when when did money become a thing and and just rewinding to maybe some events where you know you remember money coming into play in your relationships particularly with parents and it was really interesting going through that exercise because the stories i totally forgotten about of money being introduced or having to learn about it and, and just life events that happen as a child and how money was a part of that and how that's framed the way i view mm. money and i'm sure we each have hang-ups from our families that we've taken with us on this journey and, oh, and yes. that, particularly we found like with co-founders as well and like if you have a different story of what money means to you then you'll both react differently to how yeah. you, you build a business together so i think this stuff's important not just personally but if you want to build organizations that are um well you understand how you make decisions and where those decisions come from and especially in a space of chaos, right? You'd want to be able to come from a space of decision making that is fully grounded, rather than oh, just blurting out whatever it is that comes out of your mouth. Um, so this is also this is also that you know invitation of, hey, you know, you we have the ability to review all these patterns, all these ways of reacting, you know, and then ask ourselves, are we going to continue with it? You know, mm. is this what we, you know, are this what we're taking on till the new normal, you know, that we're trying to build right now? And uh, I love in, in Charles Eisenstein's, um, uh, in one of his talks, he said, you know, especially on the, the topic of sustainability there, you know, in the sense of there is really no sustainability because what we're doing right now is not, not working. <laughs> so if it's not working, then why are we continuing with it, right? So what is it that we can do right now to say, hey, um, is, is what I've been doing working? You know, mm. is it working for myself? Is it working for the people I love? Is it working for the people that I'm serving? And if not, yeah, maybe that's that's the time to pivot, you know, time to 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 look into things. Or if you say, Oh, I just need a moment to just reflect, you know, and, and to uh yeah, to, to just really figure things out, you know, what will be my next steps? What will be um, the things that I can offer? What what is it that I can give value? Then it's a time to just give pause. So how are we allowing those, you know, for, for our daily lives? You know, how are we adding that in? Mm. Exactly. Mm. Food for thought, everyone. I'm conscious of time. Um, we do have a question from Annette. Um, so, yeah, maybe we'll, we'll wrap up in five minutes. Is that? Is yeah. That well, let's, yeah. And um, um, try and we'll answer question. this question, then we can go uh, maybe a, a little piece from each of us to, to wrap up. So what, the question we have from Matt, do you guys have a vocabulary list or framework to get to know 
fears like the needs vocabulary. Wow. <laughs> the fears vocabulary. Do you have a fears vocabulary? I, I would, uh, I can give, uh, uh, what's this, uh, the feelings wheel, the emotions wheel. That's that's a good place to, to start. Uh, so I'll share that in, in in the Mighty Networks channel that we have. Uh, Carlos and Lawrence, because that's yeah. a that's a good place to just start, and yeah, with nonviolent communication, that's also a place where we're exploring feelings and needs. So there's a needs list that you can find. So if you look at you look for nonviolent communication, you'll be able to find uh, a needs list that we use. We actually have that in our toilet. You know, when when I was ill, one of the anchors that I did for our family was to really practice the, the art of checking in. So we have a feelings and needs li list that was posted in the in the toilet and just a question of how are you feeling right now? Mm. So a perfect time to like <laughs> check in with yourself. <laughs> I think it should be a minute, minute by minute um, practice for us all these days. <laughs> I just thought I'd add to that with, with your question, Annette. Um, for me, fear is a feeling, and so you though that that feeling of fear comes from something. So I'm not sure about a vocabulary list um, about the different fears. It feels like it's very much around the needs and where those needs. What and then it, the the work is then what is that need tied to? Where does that need come from? And I think when we're talking about the money stuff it's tied from an earlier experience that you haven't processed yet i believe and that's where this becomes really powerful when you want to then move forward with more confidence and clarity I, so I maybe I, I was just going to say i think it's also digging into what is it you are worried about you know because the fear is coming from maybe a situation or scenario you've not really thought about, about enough so it could be money running out what does that look like so almost painting a picture of the worst case scenario for each of those yeah. scenarios and actually maybe you would find a way out that isn't as bad as you think so i would just ask yeah. why you know why are you feeling like that what was that coming from and oftentimes when you explore this you'd realize that it's either of two things you know what causes the fear are from the past hmm. or thoughts of the future yeah, you know, it's it's those two two different um, what's this two different realities of either things that we've experienced from the past that are uh, triggering us, or those that you know that are thoughts of the future that are triggering us. And when we really think about it, you know, we have this present moment that we can enjoy. You know, that we can fully uh, yeah fully sink into. And that's also where we can invite more presence, you know, there's more uh, acceptance to the now. You know, what is it that I am feeling now? You know, what is it that I can do now? Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So maybe uh, to finish off, um, how are you currently navigating the chaos? Uh, maybe each of us share what they're trying to do. Hmm. Uh, I would say mine is un tuning in more with my elders you know uh my elders you know council of people who uh which this are into like systems thinking um making sense making as a process you know I'm, I'm really diving deep into okay how can this you know how can this uh mindset be not just on a superficial level but on a really deeper level 
and how can I, you know, how can I be part of that? So for me, it's more of tuning into these elders that, um, that 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 I have in in my circle of connections, and yeah, get you know, collectivism and a hard set power of collectivism. I would like to share in one of the the readings that was shared a while ago um, by a friend of mine. There was this from from a systems thinker, you know, and I'll read it because it was so profound and I'm like, oh, if we think of uh, what is stillness, you know, it is an area within a complex system where a small shift in one thing can produce big changes in everything. So that is the leverage point that we are in. You know, it's an area within a complex system where a small shift in one thing can produce big changes in everything. So what we do right now can help us, you know, in the long run and also set us off, you know, in our new normal. Nice. Thank you, Lana. Awesome. Follow that. <laughs> <laughs> I've just been doing lots of walks. <laughs> yeah, I wish I had an elders council to lean on. It sounds amazing. Um, um, but no, for me, I think conversation, lots of conversation at the moment with different people. Um, it's been my way of navigating this. And, and to be honest, I don't really feel like I'm in chaos necessarily. Like my life's not changed hugely at the moment. My, me and my wife work at home a lot normally anyway. We've just got more people around and uh, the bins are getting full up quicker. <laughs> um, but there's been a real impact on our work. You know, we're having to think on our feet about um, all the events that we've got planned. And so there's, we've been quite busy, I think, trying to navigate that, you know, navigate the, the things in our control, put it that way. And so... For me, it's just been yeah, being kind to myself by not overpacking the schedule with new things and trying to just deal with deal with each day really. Like you said, not trying to think too far into the future as much as we need to, um, and trying not to look back and look at what we maybe had planned, and just working day by day. And each day feels like about a month at the moment. So yeah, not trying to not trying to be too hard on myself because I think yeah, we all have plans and those plans have radically changed. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, so it's very much uh, echoing a lot of what each of you said. For me, there's connection uh, and conversation and how that can help. Um, compassion, accepting that you can't do everything. Um, the other element for me is structure, just having an element of structure to my day so that there are things that I know are fixed points, even though the other mm. things can be more fluid. And so, so called it yesterday scaffolding, wasn't it? Scaffolding. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's for me. Is it like Lana? You got your journaling. Lawrence, you got your walking. I, I have an exercise routine that I try and do every single morning, and that I don't have to think about it. I just follow it and mindlessly, and then after that, I feel reset for the day, and and then yeah, I can invite the chaos in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Cool. Well, thank you very much, Lana, for your time. Yeah, thanks, Lana. My pleasure. It's always a pleasure uh, talking with the two of you and uh, yeah, and contributing to the community. Brilliant. Um, thanks, everyone, for, for listening and watching along with us. Um, appreciate your attention. Um, and Lana, quickly, if anyone wants to find out more about you, where do they where do they go? Oh. Uh, you, you can check out dreamsydo.org and or you can find me in LinkedIn. You can we can connect there. 
cool. Lana Yeleniev, you will find her. Or if you try <laughs> and connect with myself or Lawrence, you'll see her in our um, um, connections as well. Yeah. Great. Well, thanks everyone for joining. Yeah, thank you, Emma, Carolina, Andre, Marina, Annette, uh, Chris, and Azadaz Azadaf, <laughs> whoever you are, for staying with us all this time. And look forward to seeing you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Happy Entrepreneur Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Also, if you'd like to learn more about being a happy entrepreneur and want to connect with more people like you, then go to our website, thehappystartupschool.com, and subscribe to our newsletter. Amongst many other things about business and life, we'll help you answer the following questions. How can I serve others by being myself? And how can I discover who I really am by serving others?